Hi, I'm Wayne Heinsohn, the pastor of Grace Church Australia. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. We hope it is inspirational and it equips you to make known the name of Jesus. You can stay connected with us during the week by going to gracegathering.online. So over this past year for 2023, our vision is behind us, transform our community in the name of Jesus. And so for the month of January, God gave us the theme of um, the blood of the lamb. So that's going to be continuing throughout the year as we sang about his blood this morning and we took communion together and we talked about his blood this morning. That was through January. And through February, it was victory to understand the victory that we have. We should come to church or in, in his presence and just understand we have victory wherever we go because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And through March, uh, we've just finished that is truth versus falsehood, looking at um, not being deceived by the enemy, but knowing the truth. And we know that the truth will set us free. The truth will um, break through into situations where we're struggling if we read the word of God and declare with our mouth the truth. The word of God is the truth. And we need to declare it out into the atmosphere so that it can be the sword of the spirit cutting in, slicing, chopping the heads off things. That's what he does. That's what the word of God does into situations. So if you're struggling with something, lots of people go through different things, but if you're struggling with with something or um, you have family members that are going through stuff, declare truth. Start speaking the word of God out into the atmosphere. Declare truth. Find a scripture. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is it? And find a scripture and speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. Don't give up, church. Stand strong in your faith. And don't let go. Be like that dog with the bone. Don't let go. He has empowered you by the Holy Spirit and with the word. You have the Holy Spirit, you have the word, declare it into the atmosphere. Amen? So that was for March. And this month, um, the Holy Spirit revealed to me um, his kingdom for this month. So I'm excited about that. His kingdom is the theme for this month. His kingdom come. His kingdom come, church. And we declared many of those things this morning as we sang those songs. He is king of kings. Do we recognize that? Do we recognize that? Do we think about him as king of kings? Or do we go about just thinking of him, oh, he's my savior. Do you know he is king of kings? That's something he's been teaching me lately. He is the king here on earth and in heaven. And so we should be declaring, all hail King Jesus. And when we come together, that should be just a war cry of, he is king over whatever I'm going through. He is king over the blessings, over the things that I'm struggling with. He is king over the governments, over the principalities and the powers in the spiritual realm. He is king over everything. And so this morning, that's kind of where his kingdom has begun. And what I have to share with you this morning um, And then um, we have Easter, and Wayne will continue next week. And then don't forget the following week, don't gather here. Go out into community outreach. And then after that, we're um, continuing in his kingdom. Two more messages. It's a longer month. (laughs) So um, be here for every week. 
Don't miss out on what he's doing in his kingdom. His kingdom come. I know it's our heart's cry, isn't it? His kingdom come. His kingdom come. So this morning, I'm going to begin where we left off um, from the last time I shared in a passage of scripture, Revelation 12, 7 to 12. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Now church, I read that in my last, last time, I ended with that last time I was sharing um, with you. And I love that passage of scripture because um, it's so vivid in its imagery. We have no doubt what is going on. We understand there's a battle. We understand um, who the loser is. We understand who is victorious. Yes, not if, that's, if you understand that. It's really very clear for us. So in particular, verse 10 and 11 reveal to us the triumph of Jesus. There was a battle and the enemy was hurled down. And we read there in verse 10 and verse 11, which I'll go back to in a moment, that um, the triumph came in Jesus. The victory came in Jesus. It says about the blood of the lamb, and we'll go on to that in just a second. So what happened? There was a battle, and there was a shift in the dominion and the, the authority in the heavenly places and on earth. And um, that shift has to do with um, God putting restoration and order back to his kingdom. So the enemy tried to steal it through pride, he tried to steal it, and we know God is bigger, so he didn't, never had, a, had a, a clue what he was up against. We know God is bigger. But the enemy tried to steal that authority and dominion. He took it back from um, Adam. But God had a plan before the world began. God had a plan. He had the thoughts and the plan in, in eternity, and um, he restored perfect order, when the enemy is hurled down and Jesus has triumphed, his kingdom reign and rule was restored. And um, not just to the heavens. We sometimes think, oh, we'll wait for Jesus to come back and then the new heaven come down and then we'll, we'll all be all, all right then. We look forward to that day. But do you understand, church, that his kingdom on earth is ruled by Jesus just as much as the kingdom in heaven? When Jesus died, he took back 
that authority, that dominion that the enemy had stolen. He took that back. So the keys of heaven and earth were brought back to, to King Jesus. He took them back. Through sin, Adam and Eve lost it. The dominion was taken. And Jesus, when he died and triumphed, went back to heaven and he brought back that authority, that dominion. And so he is king, not just in heaven, but he is king here on earth. And we forget sometimes. I know I do. I see him as Lord and Savior, but do I recognize him as king? Does his kingship affect the way I walk in my life as a believer? If he is king, then what? What do I do? What does that mean? If he is king, if his kingdom is here on earth as it is in heaven, what does that mean for me? Cracking phones, what's <laughs> all happening? Flying pages, <laughs> it's all good. So this morning, I just want to look at that Revelation 12, and I want to um, just pull out a few things. I've been looking at it in the Greek, because it's in Revelation, it's um, in the Greek, Revelation 12, and just a number of key words in the original Greek, and pulling out some meaning, and looking at some revelation and some truth. Um, so in verse 10, <clears throat> we read, and I shared a little bit on this last time, now have come, and I, I apologize for any... Greek-speaking people, so my pronunciation isn't going to be that good. But the, in, um, in the Greek, that have come there, now have come, is ginomai. So with a G, ginomai. And I shared on it last time, but what it means is to emerge. So it has come. It is emerging. It has become. It is transitioned from one point, so one realm to another. It's a movement, have come. Okay, and it means to come into being, manifestation, movement, growth. And so what it's saying there is now have come. We've talked about eternity outside of time and space and history of the earth. We've talked about eternity where God is outside of time and space and place. And so what that have come is suggesting to us in the Greek is that outside of time, in eternity, there were these things these concepts that I'll talk about in a moment. But now they have moved. Now they have transitioned. Now they, there is movement from that, that word in the Greek, ginomai, um, that emerging, transitioning from one realm to another, from eternity into a physical time and place. So now from eternity into time and place, now have come. What has come? Now have come. Let's read on there. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. What has come? The kingdom has come. What has come? Salvation outside of eternity has come. The power and the kingdom and the authority of the Messiah have come from eternity, from the plans and the purposes of our God, our triune God. The plans and the purposes have come into time and place and history. And they have come. There's movement from one realm to the other. They have come. So it is not just that they stay outside of time in, in heaven and in eternity. They have come. Church, I want you to get a hold of this. Salvation has come. 
the power and the kingdom of God has come into earth, into time and place and history. And the authority of the Messiah has come into a physical body. We know a physical body from eternity, there's a movement, a transition. And so this scripture then says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come. And there are four beautiful, amazing concepts that I want to talk about there. So we know that that have come shifted something. And we've talked about that shift in terms of the blood covenant that before God had a plan, before sin even entered into the world, in, um, the plan was always Jesus from eternity. And so um, Jesus came out from eternity and into an appointed time in history. That's pretty amazing. He came out of eternity where everything is young and fresh and beautiful, came out of eternity with life, and he came and planted in to history where there was death and decay and destruction from the enemy. He's our saviour. He's our saviour. And we know Jesus' name in Hebrew, Yeshua, it means salvation. So when it says, now have come the salvation, he's telling us, now at the appointed time, outside of eternity, into an appointed time, now has come the salvation. His name is Jesus, Yeshua, salvation. And um, he entered into history and he died as a sacrifice. So salvation has to do with the blood covenant that we have with God, his blood and his body. He poured out his blood. His blood was not the blood line from Adam that was contained sin. His blood came from the Holy Spirit and it was filled with life. And it's that life that brought Jesus back from the dead. That life from the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit he does not have a natural father's bloodline. He has God the Father's bloodline. And so in Jesus' blood, there is life and power. But Jesus' body had to die in the same way that we will one die physically. But it was the power in the blood, the life in the blood, that brought him back to life. And so... Um, I'll talk about it in a moment. There's agreement with the Holy Spirit and the blood. The Bible tells us that. There is agreement with the water, the blood, and the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit and the blood working together that brought life back to our beautiful Savior. So I want you to remember salvation has come. It's not coming. He has come. When did he come? When Jesus came into that point in history, when he came from eternity into history, he has come. Not, yes, he will come in the future with his kingdom down, but he has come. We're not if we agree. <laughs> so we read about the timing and the fulfilled promise of salvation when um, many places actually in the Bible, but when Jesus is taken to the temple as a baby, an Israelite man named Simeon, he'd been praying to God. He was old in age and he'd been praying to God, let me see the Messiah. Let me see your salvation. Let me see it with my own eyes before I pass away. 
And so Simeon had asked that of God to reveal to him um, the Messiah. And um, we read about it in Luke 2, verse 28 to 32. Simeon took him in his arms, this is the baby Jesus, and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And so there we get a clue. Now has come salvation. Simeon prophesied as he held baby Jesus, now I have seen with my eyes salvation. So church, now has come salvation. Salvation is here. He's no longer in eternity, a plan to come. He is here and he's in our midst this morning. And I love that it says, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Even right there, Simeon declares that it was for the Gentiles, that was for all of humankind, not just because it was in the temple. Simeon was an Israelite in the temple, but yet he declares that it was also for the Gentiles, the salvation. And so um, let's read in Titus 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, to all of humankind. The salvation has come for all of us, for those in here, for those out there, for those who don't yet know Jesus. He has come for all people, every nation, every tongue, every tribe. Amen? Okay, so I want to have a look at those, um, those four concepts that we mentioned in verse 10. So there's salvation, the power, the kingdom, and the authority of Um, our Messiah, of of our God, Messiah. So I apologize again for the Greek. (laughs) Salvation in the Greek, so that's the first one we want to look at here, is the word soteria. Um, And it means deliverance, salvation, preservation, rescue from destruction. Rescue from destruction. And I love that because um, we might not have known it at the time, But when we asked Jesus into our life, he rescued us from destruction. We didn't quite understand it even. But when we asked Jesus into our heart, we move from eternal destruction with a life without God into a life with God, into that eternal kingdom. And so that word salvation there, um, yes, it's Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Yeshua, salvation. But also um, it has the meaning in the Greek there for deliverance, preservation. He preserved us. He kept us safe from the destruction that we have if we don't ask Jesus into our heart. The uh, second one there, the power, and that's dunamis. And you may have heard that word before in terms of power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis, the dynamite, the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, it's miraculous power, might, and strength. And so now has come the salvation, now has come the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. So we have salvation, we have the blood and the body, we receive the sacrifice, but the next thing along the line is the power, now we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Now have come those things, 
And if we don't receive them, if we don't ask God for them, if we don't receive them, we're missing out on his kingdom um, plans and purposes here on earth for us as believers. Because now have come salvation. Now have come the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. The dunamis power for, for miracles, for power, for might, for strength. The next one is the kingdom, and it's Basilia. Basilia, I'll say it that way. Okay, and um, the kingdom is something I've kind of been looking into more and more as God, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me. Um, <clears throat> the kingdom is constantly used um, in connection with the rule of Christ in a believer's heart. Okay, so when we look at that word, basilia, that's what it means. It's constantly used in connection with the rule of Christ in the hearts of believers. So the kingdom has come. The kingdom is in you. I want you to understand that, church. The kingdom has come through salvation, through the sacrifice, the blood, and the body of Christ. We are in blood covenant with the king, with Yahweh. We're in blood covenant, the salvation and then the power, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And now the kingdom, it's to do with the rule of Christ, the surrender in our hearts to his kingship. Do we surrender to his kingship? That's a tough one to think about. In some areas, maybe I do. But am I daily surrendering to the king? Do I make plans for myself and go this way, go that way? Or am I surrendering to the king? His kingdom has come. He's come in our hearts. The kingdom is in our hearts. And there's a second part there, and you can read it up there, that Basileus um, means king. There can be no kingdom without a king. That sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? No kingdom without a king. Am I king or is Jesus king? Am I king of my life, my heart, my decision making or is Jesus king? Am I deferring? Am I surrendering to the king? I'm asking myself these questions too, church. It's all good. And so the kingdom of God does have a king, and his name is Jesus. And so as we declare his lordship over our lives, over the things that we do, we declare he is king as we go about our business, um, then we will see the kingdom of heaven break through. The next one is that authority, exousia. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Um, that authority, it says the authority of the Messiah. What was the last one there in Revelation 12? Um, it's a conferred power or delegated power, empowering someone or giving them authority, authorization. On my behalf, I authorize you to do something. That's what our king does. Our king gives us the authority to do things on his behalf because we are co-heirs with Christ. So he is our king, but we also have his authority when we speak the name of Jesus into a situation. We are co-heirs with Christ. And so we have the authority of 
the Messiah, a delegated power. Now, I always say this, it's never a delegated power. We don't come with the authority to lord over people and say, I am better than you, because that's not the kingdom of God. Jesus came as a servant. He served. He's a servant king. But we do have the delegated authority of the Messiah because we are co-heirs in Christ. So now have come salvation. We accept the sacrifice. Now have come the power. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are empowered for service. Now have come, the third one there was the kingdom. His kingdom reigns here on earth. He is the king on this earth over every leader, over every person. He is king. And now also that last one, now with the authority. We get that authority. God gives it to his saints, authorizing them to act to the extent they are guided by their faith. So like we declare scripture, we have authority to declare scripture and truth with the sword of the spirit and exercise my faith that what the Bible tells me is truth. Do I really believe it? Do I really believe that when I speak that scripture that my God will come through? So we have that authority from the Messiah as co-heirs in Christ. But his kingdom lives inside each one of us. His kingdom is inside each one of us. I want you to remember that. And he delegates it to us. And it says they're operating in a designated jurisdiction. I'm not going to go outside of that and say, I'm above the king of kings. That's not my jurisdiction. A jurisdiction is here where I'm co-heirs with Christ and I have the faith to, to declare scripture into a situation and I can pray and be in his presence. I'm not going to go outside of that because he is king of kings. But I join with him in the authority over the principalities, the powers of the kingdom of darkness. I join with him in that battle. So verse 10, let's have a look at that as well. In verse 10, it says, For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. So it says before that in verse 10, Now have come this, now has come this, now has come this. And then this continues at the end of that verse. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Hurled down from where? It tells us, hurled down from heaven. So we know that the enemy roars around on earth roaring at us, but he has no authority because now has come the authority of the Messiah and his kingdom. And Jesus took back that authority and dominion. So why is the enemy accusing us? What have we done? What, why is he up in heaven? Because he was up in heaven accusing us. Why are we being accused? What have I done? It's nothing really that you've done. It comes all the way back to Adam and Eve. And we come out of that bloodline, that kingdom of sin. And so we read in, according to the old covenant of law, the penalty for sin is death. So until Jesus came, now have come salvation. Until Jesus came, we lived under the kingdom of accusation. 
because the penalty for sin, Adam's sin, continued, continued, continued through history. The penalty for sin is death. There was no death perfect enough until Jesus. And it was just a covering, a covering, a covering of animal sacrifice. And so the enemy continued to accuse us. They should die, they should die, they should die, they should die. Look, they aren't good enough. They can't live up to the law. They should die because the penalty for sin is death. And at the appointed time when Jesus came, now has come salvation. And his body was sacrificed, his blood poured out. He was victorious at the cross. Then the enemy is thrown out of heaven, thrown out. No longer can you be accusing people because the Lamb of God was slain triumphed by the blood of the lamb we triumph by the blood of the lamb it is only through the sacrifice of jesus that we triumph church it is only by the sacrifice of jesus that we triumph by the lamb who was slain for us and so the enemy continues to try to accuse us here on earth you're no good you're going to die. You're sick. This happened. Oh, look at that. God's not with you. He continues to accuse us. But now has come. The salvation, the power, the kingdom, the authority now has come. That is the victory we are to walk in, church. Because the enemy is kicked out of heaven, hurled down. And it says, and I love in the, in the um, last part of this passage, I don't think I have it up there, but it says that his time is short. He knows that his time is short, that the victory is finished. He's trying to gather back some dominion, some authority, but he has none because Jesus, our King, has all authority. He has authority over heaven and he has authority over the earth. He is our King of kings. So as we saw there, for the wages of sin is death, and I love the buts there. <laughs> Let's read it, church. You can speak it out too. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Receive the but. <laughs> Receive it. For the wages of sin is death. The accuser came to, he keeps coming at you. You should die. You should die. You're no good. You're no good. You're no good. But... He's been kicked out. And the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. A free gift to receive. I love it. It's a great scripture. So we know that Adam and Eve sinned. Let me go up next one. Adam and Eve sinned, and they were under the bondage of sin. The natural bloodline of sin then continued from Adam and Eve, and um, a kingdom of sin, really. Um, the enemy was given authority to accuse you because of that sin. He had that authority to accuse you because you were not set free yet. People were not set free until Jesus. And then we are set free. Completely set free from the bondage of sin. And um, I love that it says, because of Jesus' sacrifice, now have come the salvation, the power, the kingdom, and the authority. The kingdom is under new rule. Before, the accuser, now it's under new rule. 
He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And we read about that in Revelation 19, verse 16. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That is him. And we declared that this morning as we praised him, that he is king, all hail King Jesus. So as um, co-heirs with Jesus, he's delegated an authority to us, the authority of the Messiah, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that dunamis power. We're sealed with that. We're sealed with him, the Holy Spirit. And that salvation, that soteria, is blood covenant. You are in blood covenant with God. And you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So now has come the kingdom. You are the kingdom. You walk around with that uh, delegated authority. And sometimes we forget And I feel like God's reminding us of many, many things that the church has forgotten in these last few months. I don't, I was talking to Wayne about it, I said, I don't think I've ever, I've been a Christian 27 years, I don't think I've ever heard a message on the blood covenant in those 27 years of being in church and ministry. I don't think I've ever heard a message on the power of the blood. Maybe you have. But I think, wow, if I haven't... (laughs) I'm sure there's lots of people in churches that have not. But these are the foundational things that we need to know, church, that, we, that God is saying, hey, things are missing. Things haven't been taught. Things aren't being taught the way the gospel should be shared and the power of the kingdom and the authority that we have. Why aren't we seeing miracles? Because we don't know these things. We don't understand now has come. The kingdom, the authority, the power, salvation, It's here. We're not waiting for it. He is here. He is king. And so, as I said, we never lord it over anyone because that's not how the kingdom of God works. But it is in you. So what are we going to do about it? I was over here worshipping and just going, oh, I just want to break free, God. I think you're seeing a little bit more of that happen (laughs) each week. But it's like, can we step into it, church? Can we step into that authority and believe what he's going to do by what he says in his word? Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Can we believe that? Can we walk in that? Can we declare scripture over things? Can we lay hands on the sick and see them healed? Can we see miracles manifest in his presence? Yes. That's the kingdom. And you have him inside of you. But we've got to understand, now has come. We're not, yes, we are waiting for the return of our beautiful God, our beautiful Lord, but we're not waiting for that to do something. Now has come. And I'm believing that's what God's stirring in his church. He's calling out to awaken his church, that they have been asleep for too long. Not, not just Grace Church, I'm saying the church worldwide, that they have been asleep too long. He's awakening beautifully. He's graciously awakening. He's awakening his church to understand you have the authority of the Messiah. You have the power, dunamis power, miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. And you have a blood covenant with God. Amen.
They triumphed over him. They triumphed over the power of the enemy, the authority of the enemy. They triumphed, had the victory over him by the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony. There's so much in that. I won't have time today to get into it. But we need to gain revelation on these things, church. We need to push in and gain revelation. What does it mean to have victory? How do we triumph? Now have come the kingdom. He is king, and I have that king in, kingdom inside of me. So Jesus' kingdom, no matter what is here on earth, no matter what earthly leader thinks they have rule or leadership over, Jesus is still king. So we have you know, people in play and prime ministers and presidents, and they think they have power, but they have limited power because Jesus is king. It is his kingdom here on earth, his kingdom in heaven, um, both here and now and in the future as we see his, the millennial reign. And so, church, I just really want you to encourage you this morning to recognize that his kingdom has already come. You are part of the kingdom of God and um, you have a delegated authority from the Messiah to reign in life. The enemy is under our feet and we need to remember that. Time and time again, you'll come and you'll say something and you think, oh, oh, you get that back again, back again. He keeps coming. But you need to tell him, no, you have no authority. Jesus is king. I am in blood covenant with God. The power of the blood, the life in the blood, all of those things that we've been talking about over the past uh, few months, they are the truth. And I'm going to step over your lies and I'm going to go through And I just want to finish with this church. We know this scripture as I shared um, just briefly before. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Some of us might know it in the old English. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is free from the accuser. Earth still has him for a short time but we can ask God for more of heaven to break through here on earth. So he's kicking and screaming at the moment here on earth, but the Bible tells us his time is short. And so we can break free of his accusation by declaring the covenant that we have, the blood of the lamb, the covenant that we have with Yahweh and the victory of the cross, the sacrifice of Jesus. Those are the things that we can declare for his kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. Now, when I was looking at the Greek translation word for word and sort of in order, because it's, you know, in some languages, they put the verb first and it's backwards, you know, and you kind of read it. But if you look at that uh, scripture there from Matthew 6, um, in the Greek translation, word for word in the order, it says, come the kingdom of you, be done the will of you, as in heaven, so also upon earth. And that's the literal translation in Greek. So it's saying, um, come the kingdom of you. His kingdom has come. Be done the will of you. The things that Jesus wants us to do is what? To go out and preach the gospel, to tell people about the gospel, to see the, um, lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. To see the captive set free. Those are his will while we are here on earth. As in heaven, those things happen. Those things are coming out of heaven. And he wants the same 
Can you imagine if we did those things, what it would be like in our communities? It would be like heaven. As in heaven, so also upon earth. Church, the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. So Jesus could not send the Holy Spirit until his blood was poured out. He brought it up to heaven and then the river of life flowed out from the throne. And he was able to send the Spirit. There is an agreement with the blood and the Holy Spirit. There is an agreement. The Bible tells us that. And so from Pentecost until his return... So from Pentecost, when the Spirit was poured out and people were sealed with the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, until his return, this is the church age. This is the age for his kingdom to come. Like in heaven, this is the age that we as believers need to recognise who we are with that delegated authority and to start declaring his kingdom come. That here, right now, where we're at, that's it. That's where we're to live, church. Walk empowered by the Holy Spirit. Read your word. Pray. Sit in his presence. We already know that he's doing something special right now. We're sensing his presence in our gatherings. But it's not just for Grace Church. He's moving across the earth in the same way for those who are listening for those who are listening to his spirit. To hear more podcasts from Grace Church Australia, make sure you subscribe and stay connected by going to gracegathering.online.